Hello, this is Ayush from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 23rd of October, and Union Home Minister Amit Shah has been in Jammu and Kashmir since this morning for a three-day visit. It's his first visit since the Modi government scrapped Article 317, August 2019. The Home Minister visited the house of late Inspector Parvez Ahmed, who was killed by militants last month. He handed over papers relating to a government job to his wife. Shah was accompanied by Lieutenant Governor Manoj Sinha, Union Minister Jitendra Singh, and DGP Dilbagh Singh during his visit. Shah's visit comes in the backdrop of a series of civilian killings in the valley. According to the Indian Express, Shah will be chairing a unified command meeting at the Raj Bhavan on security. The meeting will be attended by the four corps commanders, Jammu and Kashmir Police Top Brass, and Chiefs of Intelligence Bureau and Central Armed Police Forces, among other top officials. Shah is likely to visit Lethpura in Pulwama district of South Kashmir and pay homage to the 40 CRPF soldiers killed in a terror attack in February 2019. The Home Minister will fly to Jammu on Sunday, where he is likely to address an IIT convocation in the morning, followed by a public rally in the afternoon. In the past two weeks, the valley has seen 11 civilians, including migrants and non-Muslim Kashmiris, being killed by militants. Chief Justice N.V. Ramanna raised several concerns over judicial infrastructure today as he shared the stage with Law Minister Kiran Rijiju. He urged the Law Minister to make sure the proposal to set up the National Judicial Infrastructure Authority is taken up in the winter session of Parliament. The CGI said that the judicial infrastructure for courts in India has always been an afterthought and it is because of this mindset that courts in India still operate with dilapidated structures, making it difficult to perform effectively. He pointed out that only 5% of court complexes have basic medical aid and 26% of the courts don't have separate toilets for women and 16% of the courts don't even have toilets for men. He added that nearly 50% of the court complexes don't have a library and 46% of court complexes don't have the facility to purify water. On the key proposal linked to the judicial infrastructure, he said that he has sent the proposal to the union law minister and is hoping for a positive response. This is the second time that the Chief Justice has made a request regarding an issue linked to the judiciary while sharing the stage with the Law Minister. Last time, it was over the issue of seeking speedy approval from the government for recommendations made by Supreme Court Collegium for the appointments of judges and high courts. The Uttar Pradesh police on Friday transferred the investigation into the death of a sanitation worker who allegedly died in a police custody in Agra to the Aligarh police. Arun Valmiki, accused of stealing 25 lakh rupees from a police station premises, allegedly died in police custody on October 17th. His family has alleged that he was tortured by the police, a charge denied by the force. A day after Valmiki's death, Congress General Secretary Priyanka Gandhi Vadra travelled to Agra to meet the victim's family, but was stopped at Lucknow by the Uttar Pradesh police before being allowed to proceed again. The case triggered a political row this week, with opposition leaders hitting out at the BJP-led state government and demanding justice for the victim. Rajiv Krishna, the ADG of the Agra zone, said that the investigation has been transferred to Aligarh Range Police and it was done to ensure there is no conflict of interest. A tribal youth from a remote village bordering the Kundremukh National Park in Dakshin Kannada district, who was arrested in 2012 when he was 23, along with his father, has been acquitted by a district court. He was arrested by an anti-Naxal unit of the Karnataka police, but the force failed to show any Naxal links of the duo. 
according to the Indian Express, which reported this story, Vittila Marikuria is now a 32-year-old journalist with a leading Kannada daily. He and his father were acquitted, and the court observed that most of the materials ceased to prove their Naxal links were articles required for day-to-day livelihood. The material also included a book on Bhagat Singh seized from Vittala's hostel room, a letter seeking boycott of parliament polls until his village gets basic amenities, and clippings of newspaper articles. The court said that possessing books of Bhagat Singh is not barred under law, neither is reading particular newspapers. The Malikuriyas were arrested on March 3, 2012, from their home, on the basis of alleged inputs obtained by the unit's senior officer that they were assisting five Naxals for whom the force was cooming to the Kundramukh forest region. The father and son were charged with criminal conspiracy and sedition under the IPC and terrorism under the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or the UAPA. The Malikuria tribal community lives in the forests around the national park and subsists by selling forest produce and engaging in small agriculture. Following Telangana Chief Secretary's directions to public information officers to take permission from their respective principal secretaries and department heads before furnishing information under the Right to Information Act, Hyderabad-based think tank Forum for Good Governance, or the FGG, urged Telangana Governor Tamili Sai Sundara Rajan's intervention in recalling the order. The official order, dated October 13th, is being criticized by RTI activists as well as former bureaucrats. Tagging the Chief Minister's office, Minister K.T. Ramarao and Chief Secretary Somesh Kumar, former IAS officer A. Murli tweeted that the government wants to operate in the dark and hide everything from the citizens. According to M. Padmanabha Reddy, Secretary of FGG, the order, if implemented, will further delay the process of getting information besides burdening the bureaucracy. Reddy furnished an example in his petition to the governor. If a citizen wants to know of the work done and amount spent in his village under the Employment Guarantee Scheme, he will file an RTI application with the village panchayat secretary who cannot write to the special CS or the HOD directly. He will have to make a request to the mandal officer who in turn will need to forward it to the district panchayat officer. An application will have to cross four levels, increasing the workload at each stage. At News Laundry, my colleagues and I have always used the Right to Information Act to dig out important stories. Just this week, I reported that the government of India owes 268 crores to Air India. These are outstanding bills that the government and its public authorities, like the CBI, RBI, even the Home Ministry, have not paid to the ailing airline, which was recently acquired by the Tata Group. We could obtain this information because of RTIs filed by transparency activist Commodore Lokesh Patra. You can read my report on newslaundry.com, where I have detailed who owes how much to Air India. It's titled, quote, Government owes 268 crore rupees to Air India. Top ministries, parliament are biggest debtors, unquote. If you want us to bring you these important stories, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. You can do so by heading over to the website and clicking on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our cheapest subscription costs only 300 rupees a month. So please extend your support to independent media and pay to keep news free. The Narcotics Control Bureau, or the NCB, has apprehended at least 12 persons and busted two drug syndicates in southern India, including one which smuggled contraband to Australia. According to the NCB, officials of the Hyderabad subzone intercepted a parcel and found the pseudofidrine concealed in three lehengas. The contraband had been stitched onto the outfits to avoid detection. The consigner was identified as a person in Chennai, and the NCB's Chennai team apprehended him on Thursday, 
after two days of prolonged surveillance. It is alleged that he had used a fake address and documents to conceal his identity. In another operation, based on specific information today, officials of NCB's Bengaluru Zonal Unit intercepted a swift car of Andhra Pradesh registration in Bengaluru and apprehended four persons after seizing commercial quantities of MDMA pills, methamphetamine and methocolone from them. While one person is a Vishakhapatnam resident, the other three are residents of Bihar and Hyderabad. They were travelling towards Hyderabad from Bengaluru. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.